0: Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm along with my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsport writers for The Athletic, and we are down in the basement of the Bristol Motor Speedway Media Center. And it is very late at night. It's already Sunday. It's already Sunday. So happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. And by the time you'll be listening to this, uh, well, many of you will, maybe maybe it's Monday morning, maybe you're, some of you are listening to this Sunday. Uh, either way, um, you all know what happened at Bristol. Uh, <laughs> what happened, Jeff? I mean, Tell <laughs> me what happened. <laughs> Tell me what happened. Where do we even.
1: <laughs> well, here's. Let me start with it. Where do we even I start wanted here? chaos. I'm Team Chaos. We said that this race was going to be unpredictable and wild. We hoped that this race would be wild and unpredictable and all of those things. And on some level, it delivered. The question is it was chaotic. The question, though, is did it skew too far from good chaos into borderline?
0: Yeah, but the chaos you're talking about is not... The chaos that you're talking about was more of like the chaos you saw last year when you were here with T-shirt guy. And, you know, you had the Harvick-Elliot kind of drama going on and things like that, like contact on the track, you know, rivalries, hard racing, things like that. Tonight didn't really have any of that, like any, any sort of like, um, you know, the, the battles on the track tonight were more about guys just trying to survive and not let their equipment fail or not let their tires go down or not let their power steering or the steering racks have problems or whatever it was. And, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It, that wasn't like it. No, I didn't like it. No. I didn't
1: like it. you were very upset earlier yes why because
0: this this wasn't I mean this was not um and I'm I don't I I'm fully aware that a lot of people don't like it on the podcast when you know, I'm I'm too down on something, so I'm trying to temper my.
1: No, open up, we're, you're among friends here. No, Jeff. you're
0: trying to you're trying to bait no, me. No, and it's late, and this I'm already my my defense is already down here. No, no,
1: no. This is this is a circle of trust. Where this is a friendship thing here. Please, sure. fight in me. I get that. Listen,
0: um, I I you know the race to me felt uh, disjointed in that you know you were running laps at a time, and then someone would have a failure you know, someone would have a tire go down or someone would, you know, again, power steering, whatever. Um, there was one incident where Daniel Suarez, his car was driving so bad that he spun out on his own and took out, um, a lot of cars that changed the entire race and complexion of the playoff round. We can get into that a little bit later when we're talking about the playoff results themselves, but just in terms of the racing, you know, we were, we were very worried that, um, going into it, we were worried that you know, everybody saw Martinsville. Everybody saw Richmond. The, the, this car on these tracks has not been great on, on short tracks.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I agree. And yes, and I always tried to separate that, though, because Richmond and Martin, Martinsville are two different tracks from this, and I think the issues we had tonight were different in some degree than the issues we had there, where tonight it seemed like high speeds, high loads, you know, wear and tear, stra- strain on the equipment was probably the culprit where at Martinsville you know, you didn't quite have that. There was other things at play.
0: Well, I mean, to to an extent, that that was the part that was like breaking up the race in terms of the caution and stuff. But there's no doubt that people that had clean air, like Christopher Bell said, when he got out front, it was like his car was just driving like super easy. And, you know, the, the, as soon as you had that advantage as the leader, it was going to be very difficult to pass anybody. Now, Brad Kozlowski um, was able to pass a couple people late. Um, there was only two... There was uh, 12 lead changes in these 500 laps and um, only two of those, I believe were on track passes uh, early in the race. Uh, Ryan Blaney passed Eric Almarola on the track mm-hmm. in the first run. And then uh, Brad Kozlowski uh, was able to pass Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, everything happened in the pits, you know, just on the order that came out in the pits.
1: Our, our leader had an issue like Blaney did. And then... Well, yeah, yeah, yes,
0: yes, right. Well, yeah, like, we, right. I mean, Christopher Bell. Uh,
1: right. Keselowski, too. Keselowski, Keselowski had yes, I an mean, So that was right. the other thing, too, is you saw a lot of lead changes yes, tonight. where it was... Right. How many leaders tonight? Was Blaney Keselowski, uh There was Bell, only six. No, 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 but I mean, I'm sorry. Oh. How many leaders tonight had issues, though? Like three, four, oh. or at least three. Well, there was only six drivers that led, led so it Keselowski all. So Keselowski did, Blaney did, Bell did. Um, Almirola did, uh, but he didn't have his issue while he was leading.
0: Though. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that was, that was wild. Cause that was the thing. I was like, you'd be watching this. and I of a like, Oh my goodness. The leader, you, you right. very rare, you know, very rarely in a race every once in a while, you get know, a leader has a problem, but this was like, right. boom, boom, boom. Well, and
0: then you had consecutive ones as well with, yeah. uh, Kozlowski and bell. Yeah. You know, one right after another there. Um, yeah, again, you know, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it, again, they were talking about, you know, the high speeds um, with this car, you know, just made it really difficult to pass. And, you know, Bristol is my favorite track, concrete Bristol, of course. Um, And, you know, I was just like...
1: Was there another kind of Bristol?
0: Anyway, I was just, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I don't think that... Look, uh, an attrition race, let, let's let say even last year, okay, any other year in NASCAR history up till this year, if you had a, t- a race that was testing the equipment of the teams and mm-hmm. like it was attrition and like, oh, they were falling out, oh, a 600-mile race and, you know, their equipment just wouldn't last and it was kind of an old-school thing like, you know, you've got to find the speed but also make it last. Um, And, and you could sort of justify that, you know, by saying, well— that's a challenge of the teams to build a good car. Like it's build a long lasting reliable equipment. That's also fast. Well, now that they're not building it, when things happen to these cars, as we saw with the fires, um, you know, and the issues with the, the steering rack or, or the power steering and all that stuff, um, the tire problems, you know, you can say that's, oh, that's set up. Th- okay. I'm, and, not, and I'm it, not including that. Okay. I'm not including that. But when you have problems with the car, you know, you're just like, this has nothing to do with, the teams essentially. Right. I mean, you would think that the power steering stuff that happened to all three, uh, chase Briscoe said his power steering went out on lap four. Alex Bowman said his power steering went out at the beginning of stage two. And then you had, um, three Toyotas that had yeah,
1: Bubba Wallace, Ty Gibbs and Martin Drix jr.
0: Right. So, that wasn't like a manufacturer specific thing. Like it looked like maybe the Ford setup, for mm-hmm. instance, was more. Penske, sp-
1: yeah. Almost, but Penske specific almost. And in, in some cases, cause it seemed like they really were the Fords that got slammed.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, other Fords had issues true. too, but um, anyway, you know, just like it's, it's, it's a little bit different when you, so you go to a playoff race and you're like, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. And it just feels like people are just sort of like hoping to like not get randomly, Taken out <laughs> yeah, by, your number gets by their own their equipment name. that they didn't build. So what's the solution? There is none. That's that's the thing. I think there's, there's a solution. No, there's no solution.
1: We didn't have these problems when Bristol was a dirt race, dirt track. In the spring, we did not have these issues, Jeff.
0: Are you? Is this going to be a serious podcast or are you just going to troll me? The I, this is
1: a serious question. We did not have these problems. I mean, maybe this is the issue. We just need two Bristol dirt races. I wish I could show people the look on your face right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad somebody's enjoying this podcast.
1: Anyway, well, what do you think of the race, Jordan? It was weird. It's like part of me was, I embraced the chaos, the unpredictability, and like, you don't know what's going to happen. And you know, it's, it's interesting. The guys are dropping out of the race. It's, it's wild swings, right? I mean, Kevin Harvick goes from looking like he's going to win the race potentially early and then he falls back and then he comes back and he was ahead of the 17, and then he he coming down pit road and then he's got a tire issue and he's out and it's just up and down all day and so that it that was interesting cuz you just didn't know and all the playoff drama and it was the the, the battle for the last playoff spot was interesting i mean it swung uh, really all over the all over today but the actual racing itself was it was just okay right i mean it wasn't the tip i, I mean at times it looked good But for the most part, it wasn't, you had 12 lead changes, six drivers, that's not, and how many of those those lead changes were because of incidents, right? It's just, so that that was missing. And it's unfortunate, and you talk to the drivers after the race, and they all said the same thing. Like, it was too fast, the loads were too much on the tires, and it's unfortunate because you want this race to be something unique. This is a special race, and and on some level, I think you got what you want to see at Bristol, which is chaos, but again, it feels like you just went too far and that, that's where I have problem with.
0: Yeah. Again, I, I think that chaos is great if it's because the the drivers are dr- racing each other so hard and maybe somebody slips up or something like that. But this was just, they're racing out there and just hoping disaster doesn't strike and a piano doesn't fall out of the sky and crush their playoff hopes yeah. randomly. And you know, that's, that's what seemed to be happening. So anyway, you know, not to harp on that too much because it just, you know, I, I just, Oh, I just hate that, you know, short tracks are my favorite and the next gen car has not been good on short tracks. And now that sport is finally going in an increasingly short track direction, mm-hmm. the schedule came out this week and they said, this is going to be the last Fontana race. They're turning that into a short track. We know they're going to North Wilkesboro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're trying to get to the Nashville fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. They've lost, um, you know, they've lost Chicago, Kentucky. They've lost uh the, the Atlanta races in terms of like a traditional mile and a half. We're gonna lose the big Fontana Michigan. Um, we've lost the Michigan race. Um and you know <laughs> it's like okay, now they're ready to go short tracks, but this car doesn't race good on short tracks, at least right now. And I was asking some of the drivers afterwards, is there any fix for this? And there's the drivers feel not too optimistic about like this is this is what it is. So yeah, I feel I'm sorry to come on here and be like a little bit discouraged about it, but you know, Bristol's my favorite track, short tracks my favorite, and this car just doesn't seem to race good on short track. So it's just a little bit discouraging is all
1: unless that short tracks a dirt short track. <laughs> <laughs> he just drops the microphone. <laughs> so um, Love you Jeff
0: surprisingly so you know we sat here the last time we were together was at Daytona right yeah, yeah. and we sat at Daytona media center and we said here's gonna be our first four yeah. drivers out so we both got one correct <laughs> yeah. Austin Dillon uh, you know it was actually in a good spot to Austin move Dillon if
1: he misses that wreck if he misses the Suarez wreck he's, he's in he's
0: in he's through he, did, he did.
1: I will say wait we all had Austin Dillon out he did he did. He put himself in a good spot. Like he, I feel like he maximized his potential in this playoff run. Like they just, they were an okay team this year, and they. Ran. He put
0: himself in position to exactly. come to Bristol exactly. and have a
1: shot. And he was in the spot. No, no fault of his own. There was nothing he could get on that rack. Like he did a good job, and it's crazy. And then you got two former champions who I think we both thought were guys who could make deep playoff runs potentially.
0: I I picked Kyle Bush as my champion. Remember? I, and I stuck with it. Oh, did you? That's right. Yeah. Kyle Bush was my championship pick.
1: Please. We'll give you a do over there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And my champion's gone after round one. Uh, yeah. First time Kyle Bush has ever been eliminated in round one. First time Kevin Harvick has ever been eliminated in round one. Yeah. What a we w- we said there's going to be shocking people, shocking names yeah, out but but in those round both, one. Oh, but, I,
1: no, let me throw this in there too. Tyler Reddick.
0: Tyler Reddick, like, huge shock. Like, I mean, I thought
1: he I mean he's had to speed all year. they are been yeah. really good. And I thought I thought I I don't want to say he was gonna make the championship four, but if he would have made the championship four, I wouldn't have been shocked. Like yeah, I, I he, mean all the potential three of these drivers that had were talking about the potential to get to Phoenix. With those
0: are at least drivers we thought would be in the final eight.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I mean a- and I'm I'm stunned. Like Reddick again, really no fault of his own. Like was really good at Kansas, really good here. Um had a really great run at, at um Darlington to start the playoff and then just gone. And it's just it's wild. This is the this is uh, wireless round one in, in memory, at least uh, that I can think of.
0: Well, you had non-playoff drivers sweep the round.
1: Yeah, which is a whole way that's a whole different conversation.
0: <laughs> I mean there's just um
1: and you've got eighteen, by the way, also eighteen different winners now. Eighteen different winners.
0: No, nineteen. Nineteen. 19, 19, 19 sorry, yeah, sorry. Kurt. You know, for those of you who listen to the podcast, uh somebody finally Tweeted me about it I Probably It just wasn't worth Tweeting me about Before uh, Let me look who up I wanted to give them A shout out uh, Trip Andre Said after the race At least you don't have To think about a podcast title Because When We started the playoffs And Austin Dillon Won his way in I titled the podcast And then there were 16 Because <laughs> it was like We started the playoffs <laughs> And then there were 16 left and a 16 different winner, but then the next week, Eric Jones won, so I put the podcast title, and then there were 17. <laughs> then Bubba Wallace won, so I put, and then there were 18, referring to the number of different winners. <laughs> then now I just, you know, I'm just going to keep going. We've had four straight weeks, and we, you know, Kevin Harvick won the Michigan race. That was the 15th different winner of the season. Yeah. And you're like, well, that might be it. I mean, yeah, maybe Truex and Blaney will win one. They still haven't one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you get. Uh, after you know, there was a couple of calm, calm ish weeks, I guess. Uh, you know, Watkins, Glen, you know, stuff like that, where you know, no, no new mm-hmm. winner. And then all of a sudden, you reel off four straight wins here in a row, uh, with, with guys who had won. So now 19, tying the all time record. Mm-hmm. There's never been 20 different race winners in a season. There's still Talladega, uh, out there. Yeah. Talladega, Roval, Roval, uh, the Roble. Roble, uh I mean, who who knows what's going to happen? And again...
1: Blaney and, st- are Blaney and Turek still don't have wins, and they're yeah. each very capable of winning. Absolutely. Um, Brad Keselowski, Talladega. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys you can make a case for.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you almost expect it at this point. Yeah, expect
1: the unexpected. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it it is the most unpredictable round one for sure, but it's also just so... It's almost like...
1: So predictable. It's unpredictable, or it's so well, it's just, unpredictable. It's just gone it's so
0: extreme. Like the par- yes, it's parody. It's all parody, and it's all because the new car, which is great. If you wanted parody, this new car, excuse me, this new car is absolutely delivered. I mean, a thousand percent, and that is the best thing about the new yeah, car. Yeah, I mean, it
1: races super speedway as well, road courses, dirt tracks.
0: Okay, I'm not talking about the racing. I'm talking about the amount of different teams and different winners that can go to a you know rfk racing they can go and and Kozlowski was great tonight too yeah i mean they you know between the two of them uh busher led 169 laps uh Kozlowski led 109 laps and you know we haven't seen them be super competitive and then they go out and you know they were they had legit speed it wasn't like just yeah. like they they got up to now i mean busher takes the two tire call kazowski stays out for all of stage one on tires no tire wear by the way here which i thought yeah. was
1: you need you need tire wear
0: well, they wear, they, I guess they don't wear them. They just go down.
1: They, they go from one extreme to the other.
0: I mean, Keselowski, we I, I asked him about this afterwards because, you know, you would think like, okay, he, he stayed out on that one set for the mm-hmm. first 125 laps of the race, all of stage one, right? And you're like, okay, well, like they're obviously durable and he's obviously got a setup that's going to be going on. Then he's leading the race and one, he said, you know, it, it didn't wear, it didn't wear out. He said it either failed or he ran over something. And given the amount of stuff we saw tonight, the amount of it, I don't think he ran over something. It probably failed like many others have. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, was that a setup thing? But, but it, how could it have been a setup thing if he went on the first 125 laps and they were fine. Chris Busher's crew chief at the end said he took two tires because the left sides weren't wearing at all mm-hmm. the right sides. He was worried about, so he didn't want to take like just stay out, so he pitted for two tires, but that two tire call was a winning strategy. Um yeah, the two they, they,
1: tire call at Bristol just seems so odd. I
0: yeah. mean, when they're yeah, I and mean, it's they He's, they
1: kudos to them. They
0: noticed it. Yeah, right away. I mean but obviously others tried to, you know, push it on tires a little bit, whether it's air pressure or whatever, set up and Cinder worked, said he was but,
1: down to his last set and he had four he had three failures tonight. He said. I think he said he was he was on the brink of a fourth when they got a caution that was that saved I mean, him.
0: Harrison Burton, yeah, at least three flat tires. Um, by the way, Harrison Burton for all the cautions and stuff he was involved in, uh, he ends up finishing
1: sixteenth. Nice. How many laps down?
0: Uh, he was three laps down. That's not bad. All things considered, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so so the, you know the, the tire situation wasn't great. Um, I don't know where, where I was talking about, but um, were, were we talking about playoff drivers or something?
1: Yeah, I mean, the parody thing is interesting in your ride. Right, parody. It does right, it, yeah. But I was talking to somebody on the grid before the race, and they were with RFK, and they said, Listen, we, we feel like we've got two really good, fast race cars tonight. They proved correct. They also said, I feel like we can say that about a bunch of guys tonight. And I said, Respond to, like, It does feel like you could throw a net over like a dozen guys or so tonight 12 15 guys and and you could make a case of Why they were gonna win this race and it was just gonna be a matter of typical Bristol survival Now when I say that we're thinking cautions right like wrecks that kind of thing multi-car incidents But it was actually just mechanical stuff more than anything, which is odd, but So in that it's it's it was it was it was a Bristol race that it was about survival, but not in the typical sense.
0: Yeah, I just think it's i when i when i think of the playoffs you know you build all year up, to, up for this right and you want the guys to be able to go race it out um now obviously a lot has to do with teamwork and and mechanical stuff at times that that's part of racing so Kyle Busch to have two engine failures in the first three races and and be eliminated because of that um you know you who who do you blame? I mean, it's 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 engine failures. It's.
1: Do you think Toyota's out to get him?
0: No, no, I I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Um, okay, I'm saying
1: sarcastically. Huh? I, I don't. Well, buy some it. people say that. I, that's why I know. I just want to cover. I want, I'm being joking.
0: No, yeah, no, I I I don't think th- they're, they're not going to sabotage.
1: Uh, Kobusch. Now,
0: I did think that they were maybe <laughs> um, keeping the twenty three eleven cars out there to pass him. I thought, wow,
1: that was so fascinating to watch. Um,
0: But then, you know, they had Bubba pass him. Yeah. And then they parked Ty Gibbs four laps right before he was going to pass him.
1: Yeah, I was listening to the radio.
0: But then, and, and, you know, I wish I knew more about what was going on. I wonder if radioactive or somebody will, will play the chatter or something. But so then Amarola retires from the race a Ford, which gives Sindrick another point then logano i was gonna say that's
1: the other one logano retiring
0: so did he have i mean did he need to go out like i I don't know but so that's two points now kyle bush misses the playoffs this is the next round by two points
1: um i'm also by the way as you're repeating this and we're starting to think out loud i'm getting flashbacks to 2013 and like the more the day after when all of this started to like
0: no that was that night you were
1: there so you know it was that night yeah Okay, well, that's, yeah. at least we haven't gotten that yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, everybody knew that night like something, something's not right here, something's fishy. But um, no, this this didn't rise to that level, I don't think, because those cars had problems. I mean, you know, like Ty Gibbs' car, yeah, and our had problems. So you know,
1: and uh, we should say, if you're in all seriousness, Bob Pockers from Fox Sports did tweet out. He talked to NASCAR, and they had they did have like a NASCAR inspector walk down to the forty five and the twenty three car and take a look at them, and they were they were they had obvious issues.
0: Okay. I didn't see that. Tweet. Yeah. He tweeted it out. So um, I
1: think that's worth mentioning. Yeah. Well,
0: I still feel like, I mean that the 23 part of it, I mean, that's a, that's an, that I'm, that's not a coincidence. So I mean, that was like, <laughs> Hey, let's, let's, that was a team type thing. But again, that since the car had damage, I don't have like a tremendous, huge problem with it Yeah. because that's almost like a, a team orders thing. I mean, to, for him to go back on the track, why was he on the track anyway? You know, like that, that car, the Ty Gibbs car wasn't in any sort of points situation where he's trying to, you know, yeah. um, but I, I, yeah, I'm curious about how that all, how that all went down, I guess.
1: But, um, how satisfied are you with this car?
0: With the car in general? Yeah. Well, I thought Kozlowski had a really good point tonight. Cause he said, you know, there's, there's sort of two camps on it, right? There's a camp that just like everything about this car stinks and there's so many things wrong with it, blah, 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 blah. And then there's the other side that's like, "Hey, this car has done so much, you know, um, changed the financial model and, and yeah. the parity and
1: all this stuff." It that. has not changed the financial model.
0: Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, but he, his point was he's sort of in the middle, and he's like, "Hey, I like it, but let's still keep working on it," kind of thing. And and if it's he, his quote was something like, uh, "He's even told NASCAR, like, if the next gen car um, looks the same as it does." next year as it does this year then it's a failure because it has to keep evolving and there's nothing wrong with that um that said he he said that you know just like we're so we're all so polarized about everything these days he said pretty much everybody seems to be in one camp or another about the car um overall if i'm going to take a giant step back and look at the car i'm going to say it's a big success Um, it's completely transformed intermediate tracks which for as long as i've been around those have been a major problem. Like, Oh my gosh, like this is just these racing, these tracks, what are they going to do? They like, shouldn't even go to these tracks anymore. Now it's great. Now you can't wait to see more. Right. Um, obviously, you know, there's things like, like as the car's catching on fire or, you know, the, the mechanical stuff, that's not great. Um, and the fact that it doesn't seem to r- race very well in short tracks and even not as good on road courses as the old car was those race good on dirt. <sighs>
1: What do you think of the car? It's. I mean, it's. it's I don't think that. I th- it's really the thing. You can make a case either way. I think there's certainly work to be done. The safety thing is number one, first and foremost. That the issues that the drivers have had are feeling in their bodies, and NASCAR will tell you this that it is. It is a concern, and the drivers are taking extremely hard hits. That is not good. That is worrisome, and that needs to be addressed. Um, the intermediate tracks is is really encouraging. Uh, the super speedways are fine the short tracks it's frustrating because this is supposed to be the bread and butter of what nascar represents and it's not and i and it, to me and i'm not a car person i'm not a technical person it just seems like there has to be like an easy fix for this right like this is a short track it can't be that hard like figure it out right whether it you know, just figure it out and it doesn't seem to be the case and i thought tonight would be different because this is a higher bank track it's bristol right and but I thought Martinsville was going to be different, and it wasn't. And it's just, I don't know. I really think there's a part of me as well that looks at this and says, I think what we have now is going to be very different next year. And a lot, everywhere. Because the teams are actually going to have the cars this offseason to do stuff with. And they're going to have the parts and the pieces. They didn't have that.
0: To do what?
1: To play. To, 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 yeah. To do whatever they want to do, and how they look, how they put the car together, little little things they can do. There is there is differences that teams can do, and I
0: don't think they're going to make
1: gains on it in the off season.
0: Lots different parts. I, th-
1: I think that the, the big teams are still going to have look at
0: this giant bug. There's a giant bug while we're doing the podcast, like a oh, freaky, that big. freakish, it's like that big. centipede type thing crawling it's around. A little thing,
1: it's anyway. not That big I hope am going to crawl in your coffee.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's like a, that's like symbolic. Why are of like, you freaked out by it? You're I'm like not moving. Out You're like it. moving away it's from me. It's crawling toward my chair. I mean, you know, don't you, I don't know what to do with this thing.
1: Just ignore that it. Is, that is super ugly. Holy cow! Well, that's not nice. That's just mean, Jeff. Well, we anyway, people were talking about ugly. bugs with the
0: car, and then a bug started, a giant bug started crawling across the table in the middle of the podcast. Ooh,
1: ooh that's, what I don't know. Sounds like some kind of...
0: I think you should sacrifice your notepad to kill this bug.
1: Not, I do not kill bug. I feel, no, that's an innocent bug. I'm not going to kill an innocent bug for no reason.
0: Well, I don't want to sacrifice my coffee. Move it's over it's here, then. Just we are your co- doing this podcast move at your over 1 a.m. coffee over
1: here. It's fine. Leave the bug alone. It doesn't deserve to die. Okay, I'm going to kill the
0: bug. No, Who don't kill the bug.
1: Why are you killing the bug with your... Don't hit the... He literally took his shoe off. Now, now, you, now you, you're killing well, – it took him like four whacks to kill the bug. Boy, you're a hell of an executioner. Anyway, so – So uh, the big teams are still going to have advantage. They have inherent advantages. They've got so much brain power, and they're going to put that to use this offseason. You can't sit there and say that a Hendrick Motorsports or Joe Gibbs Racing when they have all of these, these staffs of hundreds of people aren't going to figure out something to do to make themselves better that they
0: haven't figured out during the season on the track. They're, they're not going to have to be testing. and it,
1: it, it, there's, there's more time in the off-season to experiment and play. Plus, most of the season, at least for the first part of the season, there wasn't a lot of excess parts and pieces and cars, and you were literally going from week to week saying, oh, yeah, that car we raced a week ago, we might have to bring that to the track as our backup car.
0: Okay, they're not going to be able to change the quality of the racing on short tracks unless they change the parts of the car at this point. Unless they change how the car is built, built essentially or like whatever nascar needs to
1: oh there's things that need to be done like i mean i mean i think i am team figure out a way to make stop shifting gears on tracks that seems sure everybody yes
0: but let me just put it this way what is your level of alarm on a scale one to ten right now about martinsville Mm -hmm. for the cutoff the the round three cutoff race (sighs)
1: see this is tough because the my brain says there, there's, I, I was at that spring race. It was not good, right? And the tire wear was not good. The tires were hard. It was also colder than hell. So there's all of that. And they're like, man, that's, that's really hard to overcome. And it's going to be cold in the fall again and this and that. My heart, though, the illogical part, if you will, says it's Bristol. It's the last race before the ch- – it's Martinsville, last race before the championship. It's going to be a level of desperation. We see it every single year. Guys just go crazy. They make moves. They do things they wouldn't do. So <laughs> it'll probably be closer to the first than the second. But, you know, I, I also think that this is going to be a playoff cutoff race and it's going to be nuts.
0: Yeah, I, I just feel like right now, um, I don't think it's, you know, this is not just like the other car. We can just put a new aero package on it or whatever. What, what are you looking at? Is I can't more believe you bugs? killed the
1: bug. I just feel bad for the bug.
0: <sighs> anyway, um you know what it's from? You know what that bug's from? It's from all the dirt that they brought into this place, because bugs live in the dirt. So, so you're symbolically you're,
1: squashing Bristol dirt with your shoe now.
0: You're pro dirt, and now we're in the basement of Bristol, and there's giant bugs crawling around. Why do you think that happened? Because there's no more dirt. They they wanted to come down here in the basement now. Oh, is that it? They're, they're
1: hiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Anyway, oh boy, this podcast is just so off the rails. Sometimes we finish our podcast and we're just like. Yeah, that was a good podcast. I like that one. People like that one. This one we're gonna finish and we'll be like, that wasn't very
1: good. Oh, I'm having a great time over here. This <laughs> is fantastic. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> oh about. This God. is fantastic. Uh, our colleague Dustin Long from NBC Sports and I, you, were, I was a few minutes late getting down here. We were strategizing of ways to like what things I could do to like goad you, and he gave wow, me some what friendly, a great thanks, Dustin. He gave me some friendly, uh, some friendly tips. So. Well, it's not working. So well, let me so. ask you. So you know, what? it's what is funny though, because a year ago. You know, Dust and I were talking about this. Is a year ago, this race was great. Like everybody's like excited, like, "Oh my god, could Bristol host a championship race? What would that be like?" Right. And now here we are, and you're like, "Could Bristol host the championship?" I'm honestly
0: to the point where I I don't think that the car is going to get. I don't think they're going to be able to do much with the car. The way the way things are now, uh, unless you completely change how the car is built or assembled, which is going to be all different parts, and people are going to have to spend more money and all that stuff, and and i just maybe there's little things they can do I, and I'm, I'm like you i'm not technical but i almost think you should just be like look okay it's just not good on short tracks so what do we got to do we got to go to bigger tracks like i, oh, I i'm oh. serious i think it's almost to the point where they just got to be like it goes so really work well on big tracks let's you know scrap the so uh for the
1: next how many for what, 10 years how long is cars usually like 10 years You cycle the cars. I don't know. So the next five, 10 years, you're just going to be going to big tracks and forget Martinsville, forget Bristol, forget North Wilkesboro. Oh, that auto club speedway renovation. Nobody
0: seems to have a solution. And I don't think NASCAR is going to suddenly change, you know, completely alter the cars. They're not going to go back to the old car. Well, I guess what I'm saying is this is the car. This is the model. The entire model sport has changed and the teams for the most part like it because it's making everybody very competitive. You know, Petty GMS can go to the Southern Five Hundred and win a race. RFK Racing can go to the Bristol Night Race and Mm -hmm. win a race. It's not like they—they're doing this at like a Super Speedway. They're going to straight-up tracks. I mean, where were those stats out? Uh, Like the last um, Roush win on a non-Super Speedway before this was like 2014. Carl Carl Edwards Edwards at Sonoma. I mean, that's been so eight, eight years ago and then they suddenly come to the Bristol night race and both their cars lead over in triple digit laps. I mean, the car has changed it for many things for the better, but at the same time, if you're if you're talking about great racing, let's go see this, you know, the where the tracks that have great racing. I mean, go to the tracks that are better. And, and, and in the past that would have been like, go to more short track, go to more road courses. Now I think there's, a, a, the, reopen Chicago.
1: Oh no. What? What's wrong with Chicago? Where do we start? I mean, like the infrastructure is not there right now. What do you mean? I mean, it's just—it's not hasn't had hosted a playoff opener track for years. Okay, but it's not—it's the they they, they literally yanked seats and everything else out of there. That I mean, it's not ready to host a race. So you're saying bring that all back and get it up to par and
0: North Wilkesboro is not ready to host a race (laughs) and it's hosting the All Star race in months, basically. I don't think we
1: talked about this. How do you feel about this?
0: I, well it goes into the short track thing I think it's great that they're going back North Wilkesboro but they're going to bring this car that doesn't Race well on short tracks
1: So North <laughs> I mean, Wilkesboro should be dirt maybe uh, I'm not wrong Dirt racing's they work for the next gen car If you say that word the four letter word That starts with D
0: one more time I'm just going to get up but You can just do the rest of the podcast by So I'm yeah, going to whack bugs with this. your shoes some more Yeah I'll go look for more bugs Out in the basement here and you can just finish The podcast <sighs>
1: <sighs> oh, I just I, I don't see I, you. you can't abandon you can't abandon short tracks. Like the fans would revolt. It's just it's it's Okay, well then you then you gotta fix the car. I, I don't just you have to figure out something to do with this car, whether it's tires, gears, diffusers, all of those things have been discussed. But are they going to? My hope is that this offseason the smart people will sit down and figure out a solution for this.
0: What did what did Harvick say in his safety rant? kansas about you know like um changing the car and stuff like that he said the off season is too late because then if you're if they're not working on stuff now yeah it's you don't have enough time and then he was talking about safety but you know not short track package but the offset that that start restarts the entire problem that they had before if, they, if they're waiting to the off season they get to november december whatever and they go all right you know what? Mm, for the short track stuff next year, you know, we want to make this better, so let's do this. Let's all order this part from this supplier. Let's get it out for all the teams. It's not going to be ready. It's not going to be ready by February or March.
1: Well, the first what short track race is? I guess, I man, not counting Phoenix, so I'd say Martinsville, which is April. I don't know how much time do you need. The six months? Know, to six months is enough?
0: Every, every team going to have enough parts? I mean, it's. <sighs> I think you have to start figuring stuff out. I, my point is, you can't wait to the off season and hope that it's just going to magically get, get better for next no, year. No, so. but I also
1: think we're also overlooking the fact that these discussions are going, going. Like whether we know it or not, or we do know that they've had, they've talked to some degree. You think
0: that they're ongoing to change? They just had a package that, for short tracks.
1: They just had a test at Martinsville, right? You know about to, to do this. So they are making. They are. They have made initiatives to try to figure this out. And but
0: people didn't come away from that test very optimistic, it sounded no, like.
1: No, but that's one time. So my point is, though, you just said that they're not the, – waiting until the off-season to do it is too late. But they already have started the process. They've already went to a test. You take the data from that, your analyst. It's not that hard to schedule another test at a short track sometime in the near future. I mean, it's, it's really not. So I think that process is already going. It's just not – we just don't know a lot about it.
0: Let's go back to the uh, playoff drivers who eliminated. Because I, I think we started down that road, and then we just got. Re- I, I think I, I, I apologize because I probably drew us back into this conversation about the
1: car. Yeah, and you're killing bugs, taking off your shoe.
0: Um. So listen, you know the Harvick thing in particular. I mean, there's bad luck, and then there's there's bad luck.
1: <laughs> Harvick had bad luck.
0: It, it's just. It's it's kind of unbelievable, honestly, if you think about it, it is. because. You think about what, what what do you need to do when you go to a first round of the playoffs, okay? You need to avoid trouble.
1: You if know. you have a season like he had where you've got playoff points and you're in a good spot and you've got speed, just finish races. Don't make mistakes. You're probably going to finish in the top 10. You're going to be okay. Everyone, somebody else is going to shoot themselves in the foot. Take advantage of it. Yeah, so he goes to
0: Darlington and his car catches on fire.
1: While running in the top 10.
0: Yes, and and that that was... I mean, they legit probably were, they might have finished top five, probably probably going to finish top five.
1: Conservatively, top 10, probably finished top five.
0: Yeah. So they had a top five car. That was top five run. He did not make any contact. Car catches on fire. Race over. Go to Kansas. They're racing
1: and racing Bubba Wallace, who won the race, by the way,
0: there, you know, he was, I don't think he was in a bad position. He
1: had a top, same thing as Darlington. He had a top 10 car. Yeah. More than likely going to finish top 10. Maybe top five. Who knows? Works out. So let's just give him two top tens.
0: Chastain, um, you know, digesting it later, it, it it seems that Chastain was told there was one car outside. There was sort of two cars outside. Chastain kind of comes up the track. I asked him on Saturday in his press conference what was his view of that. He said, "You know, I kind of pinched Bub up into the wall, but the Harvick thing. Harvick was behind us and." You know, the air just kind of took him out, but obviously, you know, Harvick was close enough to that incident and then didn't expect they were going to be coming up the track at him. And he ends up, however you want to put it, he ends up being put in the wall as a result of that incident snap loose done. Right. Um, comes here tonight, pretty much has a decent shot to win the race. Um, last pit stop leaves a wheel loose, I guess. And whatever chance he was going to have on the restart, to try to get Busher or something is done. He ends up finishing 10th.
1: Yeah. But he never picked it. He lost seven spots because of the pit stop. He fell from third to seventh. He was ahead of the 17 who won the race at the time. Um, He restarted 10th, never gained any spots and his night's over. Yeah. So I mean,
0: random fire, relatively random wreck being sort of the wrong place, the wrong time, I guess. And a top 10 at Bristol, it could you have been can even, even better, and
1: you, you can even take out the Kansas and say, "Hey, it's a racing accident. That's going to happen." You can give him that one, and you can still say Darlington and Bristol are two races where just bad luck caught him up, and he you take those, you, you push those off. He, he moves on no problem.
0: Yeah, and as it is, he finishes. He was 16th in points. I mean, Austin Dillon finished that this round 13 points ahead of him. So that just shows you how damaging it is to just not finish races. You yeah, know? I mean,
1: but Kyle Bush. I mean, two blown engines in three races, which is not something you typically see out of Toyota's engines. That's the way it is. But he and he's another one. He's, been, he's had a season where it's just like they've had a lot of wins get away for a lot of different reasons.
0: I mean, I, I think the stat that they said on PRN was Kyle Busch had gone 97 races without a blown engine. Oof. 97 and then had two in this round. Yeah. I mean, just...
1: And then uh, spins out and he has a bad race at Kansas.
0: I, it's... Just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then still, he still was, even after he goes out, he still was had a chance to to make it tonight. Um, so the Reddick thing, though, um, you know, it seemed like he was going to be in really good shape uh, at, at Kansas. And, you know, he sort of led all the metrics. And he, you know, he has that quote after his wreck with the tire type thing. He says, you know, I'm, I'm I had a fast car, but I don't want to have fast cars anymore because it's basically the setup that was making it, Fast, right? Um, and then, you know, tonight he was going to be okay, but the Suarez wreck happens. So let's let's talk about the Suarez wreck for a minute. How much S- that changed?
1: So I didn't actually see the Suarez wreck because I was in the garage at that time trying to get Kyle Busch. So okay. I, I saw in the replay, from my perspective, it looked like a restart, and then Suarez lost it. Is that right?
0: Yes. So Suarez said that his car was like the worst car, car driving car he's had all season. Okay. He basically said, this was fascinating to me. His car was, he said his car was like really bouncing super, super hard in the corners. And like he was just, he could barely make it through the corners essentially. And I said, you know, I know he's into F1. So I said, was less like the porpoising in F1? He said, exactly like that. Hmm. Basically his car was porpoising (laughs) in the corners. Um, And it was happening in practice. He said they changed everything on the car um, yesterday from practice and qualifying because it was so bad. And he said, lap one, as, soon as they started the race, he said, okay, he came on the radio and was like, it's still, it's nothing changes. It's bouncing it's still just as hard. So he was having a real bear of a time controlling it. So he gets on the back stretch and just trying to control it snaps loose. But as a result, right. Um, in that moment, cause that had happened right after the Kyle Busch thing. Mm-hmm. So in that wreck, um, you know that that essentially uh ruined Austin Dillon's hopes cuz he got caught up in that mm-hmm. and he's done that ruined Tyler Reddick's hopes um it ended up taking out some other guys um but it also because Suarez ended up surviving that obviously I'm not saying this was on, any way intentional anything on purpose but the end result of that was that helped Suarez
1: advance so this is no conspiracy
0: no, this was no conspiracy, but I'm, Suarez made it by um, seven points. He made it by seven points. He was below the cut line, I believe. Yeah, he was below. He was below the cut line when that happened because he was below Redick, um, and he was below Bush, right? And then that allowed him to stay in the race. Now he ended up finishing six laps down in nineteenth,
1: but. He's playing chess. Everyone else is playing jackers. Well, no,
0: I'm, again, I'm not saying it was on purpose, but I'm saying that the end result of that. Yeah, it by worked out to his advantage. Yeah. Ended up taking out two playoff drivers, and it was a big wreck. Um, the other crazy part of that was the, the Austin Cindric part of this, where Cindric was, was seven laps down, mm-hmm. and that was putting him close to 30th or something, or below 30th. Yeah. But as more attrition happened, despite being seven laps down, he kept gaining spots, gaining spots, gaining spots, and he ended up just doing enough to make it. You and, know, he was racing against a car that was already out of the race, and he just had to pick up enough spots
1: to do it. And the interesting thing with him is when he had his tire his first tire issue, they didn't throw there was no caution. Well, and, we
0: should we should address the caution consistency inconsistency type thing because it was, it, to me, it, it did feel all over the map. Now, Mike Ford from NASCAR PR tweeted, um, you know, an explanation at least of the Keselowski no call versus the Bell call. The, they were yeah. sp- pretty close together. But it's tough because when if you see a driver with a flat tire, I, I understand maybe from NASCAR's point of view, they're trying to say that, well, we're, we're calling it because if they can get down the track, there's nobody coming. It's not a dangerous situation, then you know, we're, we're going to try to hold it and keep the race green. But that also has a tremendous th- deciding whether to do that or not can end somebody's race or playoff hopes or not. Because, you know, once Kozlowski had to pit under green and there's no caution for that,
1: his race is over.
0: That's it. No way. No way it comes back from that. But like the Harrison Burton and the Blaney thing and stuff like that, like those were happening. Those cautions came like quickly, Right. Like as they like as the Burton, as Harrison Burton, you know, his tires going down, he's pretty much on pit road. The caution's coming out. I I think there may have been some other people involved. But, you know, that's that saved him, right? And and Bell also. I mean, Bell, um he he has a flat tire out of the lead. He ends up finishing fourth. Yeah, he caught because,
1: a timely caution. Yeah, the caution. Well, he was the caution. He was the caution. But they then. threw it right away, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But
0: Keselowski um ends up finishing thirteenth. They were both in the lead when their incidents happened. One one got a caution for it, and one didn't. So you can understand why people would be like NASCAR. Well, what's, yeah. what's the difference here?
1: And I agree, on Mike's tweet about you know it depends on what who's around you at the time, how many cars around you, and that kind of thing. But if you don't know that and you don't have the perspective, you can wonder why because you don't always see it on TV. I, I don't. See, I I didn't see it because I was I I didn't have that perspective. You were up in the press box. You get a better vantage point than me. So to me, it's all about like the Blaney thing. To me, made sense because I saw the replay and he was in traffic, and obviously the the wall and that that's an obvious call. The bell, the Bell one, I don't know. I mean, he was in traffic, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's cars coming the whole time at Bristol, so there's never really a time when the
1: I mean, the Brad one though, like he had a pretty. There was a lot of space between him. He wasn't traffic at the time, so I mean. It's hard. It, it's just. It's, I don't know th- how
0: much space there was. I mean,
1: I, have to, go still back, cars I have to go back. I mean, I will tell you though, when I talk to race directors, this is the hardest. This is one of the hardest places to, to to officiate a race because there's just so much going on at once. But
0: I think, I think that in some ways, to to avoid putting yourself in that position, could you not just say, "Look, if somebody has a flat tire and they're slow, we're going to call it," and then you don't have to worry about. People going, well, wait, how come you called it for that guy? and Not that sure. guy, you know, I mean, cause that everybody's looking at it and they're like, well, I don't, and it, it's, it's such a small nuanced difference. Maybe that's the solution. I mean, it just say, okay, look, car on track, car on the wall, slow flat tire. But then you had some, some other ones. Like I think the the Eric Jones one, or maybe one of those ones or Ty Dillon one or something like that. Some people are like, why was that a caution? You know, there was like a quick caution. People like, why was that? Let's see. What was that one? Oh, um, no, it wasn't the Eric Jones one because he spun. No, he's sp-
1: he spun. Yeah. That was a multi-car incident. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm looking at the caution report here and like, you know, like you had one for Denny. Yeah.
1: You know? Larson too.
0: Yeah. Um And it just says, it doesn't, it just says slow on front stretch or whatever. So I, I don't know. But um, you know, I think in the playoffs, I think everybody's just looking for consistency from, you know, calls wise. So that I don't we don't need to go too far into that. But no, I mean, I, I've
1: said before, consistency is the most important thing. And you have to be I'd, I'd like to see more of that.
0: So I've, I had already said this was the weakest playoff field ever um, because of, you know, the amount of parity going on and uh, the lack of dominant drivers. But. Now going forward, you've really eliminated um, some serious contenders and people that we didn't take too seriously have advanced.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's three legit contenders out of this, like immediately playoffs now. Immediately, and,
0: and I'm, I mean, no offense to like Chase Briscoe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I don't view him as like a championship contender.
1: I would say the same thing about Alex Bowman.
0: Um, well, Alex Bowman had a nice round. I mean, he he had a nice even, round, but he, I don't. He got in a wreck in DNF tonight, and he still had clinched before the race was over he did he I he mean, had a so, very
1: very nice round i yeah. just don't view him no
0: i yeah no i i agree well he he has had faster cars yet lately but i don't yeah you're right i don't view him as a i don't if I view gonna, Suarez. if i was gonna
1: yeah I was, if i was gonna rank my 12 tighter contenders Br- without looking at it i think briscoe would probably be 12 suarez would be like 11 Br- Bowman would probably be 10. austin Cindric. oh Cindric. yeah Cindric yeah, is okay so Cindric would be Probably fifteen or sixteen. Actually, you know what? I take that back on Cindric, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The Roval. Yeah. Like, I mean, he goes to the Roval like that's a legit place for him to win. And Talladega. And Talladega and intermediate tracks haven't been bad either. So, like, he's actually, you know, like he's got a pathway to the round of eight that isn't unrealistic.
0: Yeah. Well, I will tell you what's fascinating. So, Christopher Bell. First, I mean, first of all, it's still crazy to think that nobody locked themselves into the next round on a win. Like, oh, it's wild. We've, we just need to just stop for a second and think about that. Like, we've never even come close to a situation like this. I don't. I'm. There's never been a time when, even in in the same round, two non playoff drivers won in the, in a whole round, right? Let yeah, alone. Yeah, there has. I'm pretty
1: row. sure that has happened before.
0: I thought there. I don't know. Anyway, right, I'm look. I'm gonna go. Well, well. Last week was the first time that non-playoff drivers had won back to back. Yes. But um, anyway,
1: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
0: So, Bell ends up as the points leader um, after this. He he had a 22-point lead um, over Byron, who was second in points.
1: It's a sneaky title pick, by the way. Oh Bell! Bell. Well,
0: that's what that's what I was going to get into. I, I asked him after the race, "Do you think you're a championship favorite now?" I, I mean, he's he, if you were going to do power rankings, um, like our our friends over at the Couch Racer, you know they they're doing like yeah, the yeah, power yeah. rankings yeah, yeah. of the that's playoff fun. drivers every week. Um, you know, I, I think uh, like Bell Bell's probably going to be P
1: one right after this round. Probably, yeah. I mean, the only thing I I would like to see him do is just close out. Like they are in races a lot. And well, he
0: was going to win tonight, but you could have, say that
1: a lot of times this year though, where they've had yeah. speed and performance and like, man, this looks like a bell victory. And then something happens and it doesn't, and that, that concerns me, but just, he's getting the finishes though.
0: I mean, he's a very sneaky playoff contender, a uh, championship contender right now um, running really well, finishing, you know, decent. Um, and you know, the, the one thing that he said though, that I thought was interesting was, you know, cause I, asked him, how do you feel about it? And he said, well, I would feel good, but I don't have the playoff points. And now everything resets, you know? So he had a great round, mm-hmm. right? And you establish yourself and you say, wow, he's got a lot of speed and he's got a lot of momentum. And now he goes right back down, the, yep. <laughs> he slides right back down. and He's got to start all over again, building up the points because he didn't come into the playoffs with a ton of playoff points. Yeah, um, uh,
1: 2014 back-to-back non-playoff drivers, won races. Uh, they're already eliminated playoff drivers, though, so I think that's the caveat. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won at Martinsville, and then the following week, Jimmy Johnson won at Texas. And they but had, they were playoff drivers, but they had been eliminated at that point. So it depends on how you look at it.
0: Okay, But well, these weren't even people in the playoffs at all. Yeah, so I mean, there's this so, round.
1: There's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like Bell. The thing with Bell is. Toyota has been very good at mile and a half racetracks. Texas has been a very good track for him. I think that is favorable. He has been good in super speedway races, but it's unpredictable. And he's still a little bit of an unknown commodity in those races. There's some, you know, there's some, can he make the right moves in those races at Dega to put himself in contention? He is a good road course racer. Don't forget, he won the Daytona road course. Um, but Roval is again that the round this this upcoming round is so we thought this round was nuts. I think the upcoming round is gonna be nuts, nuttier. Is that the right word? Crazier. Nuttier. Nuttier. Thank you. Sorry, it's late. Um, so I, I think he's in a good spot here. I, I really do. If you just you just have to survive it and try to avoid problems. It's really important to get start the round though well at Texas and capitalize on the speed that you can have.
0: Yeah, I, and and Bell said as much after the race. I mean, he's like, I feel really good about the round of eight if we can get there. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Roval, especially with Toyota not being good at road that's courses, true. that's a good point. And obviously Talladega, you never know. You know that that's concerning. So um, Texas is going to be pretty big for whoever can do that. Um, another survivor. Uh, I mean Blaney. Oh hey, Boy, lucky, <laughs> lucky for him that he had
1: such a good first enough couple races. I that, mean, see, well, not just that. Let's go back to Daytona. You got Daytona in there too. Like, I mean, the last two elimination races. Like, he's had everything thrown at him, but the kitchen sink. Actually, he might have gotten thrown the kitchen sink thrown at him tonight because it was bad. And it's like, man, he went. He's lucky that he had enough points coming in here. Otherwise, he's done. And he is very lucky that everyone else had issues, or he's done.
0: No, I mean, he even he easily made it though, he didn't even need everybody else to have issues to that extent. Like, um, I mean, he made it by 24 points, 25 points, something like that. Um, so I mean, he he was more than good, you know? Yeah, I
1: mean, depending on if you get a Harvard winning the race though, or something like that, too, it changes the narrative really quick. So, yeah, he, he I mean, just to have the problems he had was 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 crazy because he was going from leading like hey a lot of people like blading to win tonight and he looked like he asserted himself early and then all of a sudden boom
0: yeah so we talked about suarez making it and obviously his teammate as well ross chastain had a quiet round that's but
1: what he did nobody no issues tonight no no paybacks no nothing nope, nope. survive in advance baby i
0: mean nobody he just kind of did his thing and
1: Stayed out of the way didn't cause problems didn't create problems just, nobody came after him no, or anything no. I mean that's good no, all just, that hype yeah that's good that's I mean, he's gonna be very happy he's got to be happy that he got through he this. was yeah now
0: he said it's the biggest accomplishment you know uh he was he was noting that even even the people in the shop that were sort of like the Ganassi types rarely you know mo- many of those people had not made it that far now Larson had um made it a decent run with Ganassi at one point. Yeah, he had a the, couple
1: rounds. He had at least one round of eight, if not the two. Round of yeah. Eight,
0: yeah, but a lot of people in the shop, Justine was saying, were you know, not used to making it to the round of 12. And Track House, both cars, round of 12.
1: So that's an accomplishment.
0: Most disappointing team of the year, I said. So <laughs> they're still
1: marching on. There they go.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Hendrick has all four still alive.
1: Yep, that's big.
0: So that's that sounds he's got you know. all
1: three Stuart haas mm, is down didn't to think one about
0: that. yeah Stuart haas is down to one and it's not not harvick who uh, would have thought that yep
1: um jgr lost one they only have three qualify and they're down to one they're down they lost one now they're down yeah, to two. Down to,
0: gosh, jgr is down to two cars in the round of 12 yeah that's weird huh mm-hmm. i mean didn't they have all four in the round of eight not that long ago a few years ago, and we were like, "Oh man, all four JGR cars. Maybe they could make it." Uh, no, I'm
1: trying to think. What year would that be? Um, no, that never happened. No, because oh, Jones okay. Jones has been in the twenty for a while, and he was always an early casualty in the playoffs. Oh, okay. He just was snake bitten. Um, they had you're thinking about 2016 when Kansas was driving the the four the twenty, and they went to Martinsville, and they was they had the four of the eight, and, number, yeah, yeah. and, they, and that was the year. And they were all pissed off at each other because they, was it Carl that was holding up Denny and Kyle and it allowed Jimmy to get away and win the race? And that prevented, the talk was that JGR was going to take all four spots. Could could JGR take all four spots at Homestead? But Jimmy went to Martinsville and won because one of the JGR cars was holding up the other two and it cost them. That's what you're thinking of.
0: Okay. I see. I, I don't have a very good memory, but at least that stuck. And, something. Cause I never that
1: because yeah. when I just, I remember writing that though. When Jimmy won Martinsville, it mm. was like they opened the door for Jimmy Johnson. Like he went to his best track. He won at Martinsville. They let him in at Homestead. Like, Oh man. And then and, he won. And he won. And he didn't, I mean, I shouldn't, I was going to say he didn't deserve to win. That's unfair. Well, you he know, wasn't going to win. He was yeah, the fourth that's, best that's car. Best. He yeah. had a lot of, he had a lot of, he, he needed a lot of help and he got it. But it was like that Martinsville thing just flipped everything.
0: Hmm wow
1: and also ended carl edwards career so there's there
0: seems to be a lot more to come with these playoffs but at the same time how much more shocking can it get because oh. as you already have you know crazy names drop out first of all what denny hamlin's been saying about this is going to be the year where the champion um doesn't have to win you know a, yeah. a non-playoff it person it certainly feels wins that way phoenix yeah this is this is not the playoffs of old where um You know, they're going to go run one, two, three, four at Phoenix or, you know, it, it, I just don't think that, I mean, it's just, it's not shaping up that way. Nothing about this is. And, and I also think there's a possibility that you're starting to set up for sort of an odd champion in the sense that like, whether it's a bell or a Byron or somebody that gets through Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, that's kind of weird. That doesn't really go with the narrative of the season. But the narrative of the season really was parody and unpredictability. So it would almost make sense if a champion sort of came
1: out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, really? That's the champion? But uh, yeah, I feel like we're headed that way. You know? Yeah. So, and I, no disrespect to Bell, but I think that would qualify. Like that is a guy exactly. We, even though he's fair, but everything he's deserving. It's just not someone you would think of. He'd be fourth if you going this year. He would have been fourth out of Joe Gibbs Racing drivers of guys you think would win the championship. And that's the way it is. At
0: going I, into, even even before Truex was eliminated, like going into Daytona or something. You'd you're right. You're right.
1: I mean, I just, at this point now, I feel like I, I, anything is on the table because we've had more winners than we ever thought. We had more winners than playoff spots. You know, it, we had a guy not who made the playoffs, decided he, it, for health reasons, couldn't race in the playoffs. Um, we've had three non-playoff drivers win the first three races. It just feels like... Everything can happen at this point. Car, a hole could open up on the track and swallow a car, and I would be, like oh
0: yeah, okay, that's par for the course. I know, right? It it is it is sort of what you said earlier in the episode, where like the unpredictable is becoming predictable at this point. Now, now you're just now you're going like every week saying, okay, well, what crazy thing is going to happen? Yeah, and if something crazy doesn't happen, it would be like, well, that was weird. That seemed normal. Like if Larson wins Texas, you'd be like, "Oh, huh. that's weird. That's why is he winning here? I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: Isn't this like a Rick Ware car this week should win?"
0: <laughs> yeah, right. All right, we've probably talked long enough, and uh, it's time to. Oh, I don't know. Like, we should we do the good race poll, or do you want to talk about? Why would we not your, do the poll? Well, I was going to talk about Bi- Bianchi bombs. <laughs> we got lucky. Got lucky. Our our guy here, Jordan Bianchi, breaks. Two big stories recently broke the Kyle Bush news, then drops the schedule on everybody <laughs> before it comes out. Um, Jordan not only won't release the Harvick tape from last year, but also won't tell anybody who's who's telling him all this stuff. So,
1: just, yeah, I, I just don't get my ear to the ground. That's all.
0: You should release the Harvick tape now. No, no chance. It's been a year. No chance. Happy anniversary, by the way. Well,
1: thank you. It's actually been a year today, I believe. Yeah. Uh. Um,
0: Anyway, uh, any any thoughts? I guess on on the schedule because we didn't really. Get yeah, to talk I mean about that
1: North Wil- I mean, listen, you and I've talked about this. Like, I, I my expectation was that North Wilkesboro in 2024 was going to host the All Star race. I really, from people, the conversations I had, that was the direction this was heading. And when we heard that this was kind of moved up, it was like, whoa, whoa. And I say that Did you say whoa, whoa, all whoa, right, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? I don't know. Like, <laughs> and uh, it—it's it, just—I've been there a lot, and I—and I like that place, and I think it's great. But man, it needs a lot of work. And I don't—but I also think about this, like—I—I I don't know if it matters really. Like, I don't know. Like, they're gonna pack in twenty some thousand there for sure, and traffic's gonna be a nightmare. Everybody knows this going in, and they're gonna—they have, I don't know, six months to spruce this up. And it'll get to some level of, of good or decent, right? And I think that's all it needs because it's going to be a, more than anything. It's a TV event. And I think across on TV, it's going to come across that way is you're going to have a jacked up, excited, intense crowd. And it's going to be like, oh, man, that's cool. And I think that's what matters.
0: No, I agree. I mean, I think it's going to be, I mean, you're I, between that and the Chicago street race and the clash back at the Coliseum, um, you know, there'll be some exciting stuff next year and um you know i, I yeah I, I don't love i guess maybe like the how they the end of the season the end of the regular season got a little bit shuffled around um where the indie road course is yeah, now i don't
1: I, I don't understand that i talked to a lot of people i actually talked to someone today from Indianapolis motor speedway about this like i don't understand that and it just no one has been able to really explain that to me. I don't know if it matters much. Like, I mean, may, but I will say this: maybe, maybe that's not a bad thing though, because you you're gonna have, you've got already got Daytona, Watkins Glen, which are two pretty good, unpredictable races, and whether it's good or bad, you can you can argue that Indianapolis is unpredictable, right? Like, maybe that's not a bad thing to have like three just wild ass races going into the end of the regular season, end of the regular season. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean you got two road courses in Daytona, basically to end the regular yeah. season. Yeah, and I'm no saying, offense so. to
1: Richmond, we know how we, Richmond has been lately. And it wasn't, yeah. you know, we we thought oh Richmond now is going to be kind of you know end of the regular season that's going to give it some juice. Well, it didn't.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, the schedule was pretty much. Yeah. you know what we thought it I, yeah was i think be,
1: so. what the important thing now with the schedule is nascar really remade, remade the remade the schedule last three years ago they really did a lot of changes and they did some more changes kind of in this year is going forward now and you're really seeing it next year is you're going to have like they're going to try and i think they're going to be successful more often than not is to have one major marquee new event each year next year at chicago obviously north wilkesboro too but i'm talking points or anything you know coliseum this year so I think going forward, the then you'd start looking at, it like, okay, what does that mean in 24? What is that big thing, different thing? Is that in Canada, you go to Mexico, National Fairgrounds, National Fairgrounds, which is very much on the table and that you have to keep an eye on there for the All Star, New Fontana track, New Fontana track. There you go. So, in the coliseum i think it's probably fair to say is probably going to be on the move you know you're probably going to see that relocated somewhere so you're going to see you know one or two big events each year you know like gets people excited like you circle i think that's the plan i think that's a really good thing for nascar for so long the schedule was so boring yeah and now it's like they're not afraid to make big changes and they they've been very successful so far they haven't really had a race or like a new venue like oh man that was a that was a failure which you know, that, that's that's a good thing and kudos to them for pulling this off and we'll see how Chicago goes, but they, they deserve they deserve the praise for making for taking big swings.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And then I guess Kyle Busch stuff, um, you know, just briefly, uh, we, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that. Uh, I, I just don't know. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how the relationship goes with the RCR. They're saying all the right things, of course, and, you know, burying the hatchet by giving the watch and all that stuff. But, you know, Kyle Bush this weekend was still quite um, unhappy and stressed. I mean. His truck team seems to really be weighing on him. A very uncertain future there. It seems sure. like um, he's really seems stressed about the 50 employees that he has and, and trying to keep that place open, but doesn't really know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, that that seemed to be on his mind a lot now, obviously, with his playoff elimination. Um, you know, we're we're not going to hear much from Kyle Bush for the rest of the year because. No. Um as these as these media availabilities go and, and you know the driver requirements, um, once you're out of the playoffs you, You're
1: pretty much non-existent, to be honest. Yeah, with we
0: we don't they they're not obligated to do stuff, and yeah. Kyle Bush is certainly not gonna be like, hey media, you want to talk?
1: I think Kyle's probably ready for a break. I think it's yeah. say. And I understand, I get it. Like it's been it's been a grind. The truck series team, I get why it's weighing on them. Like, I mean, you leave Toyota, you just left your they, they sponsored all of the trucks. They heavily, if not all of them, um, they they funded the drivers. They supplied and funded the drivers. they equipment. Like, now all of a sudden, all of that is gone, and now you're responsible for sponsors and paying drivers, finding drivers. That's a lot. And he's going to get some help from Chevrolet. I wouldn't be completely shocked if RCR has some kind of voice or say or, you know, whatever. Some kind of – they're involved in this somehow, but still – That's, this is a whole different dynamic.
0: And obviously the other piece is Tyler Reddick. Richard Childress says, okay, (laughs) Hey, Tyler Reddick. I, you know, you're, I told you an hour before you're out of the eight car. Um, Coincidentally, Tyler told
1: him an hour before that he was leaving the team. I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence.
0: You know, I'm taking your crew chief. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll be in the third car. I'll tell you the details later or something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I still don't really believe it. So let's let's just say. I mean, wh- what do you think? Who's going to be? Where, where's Tyler Reddick going to be next year? Is he going to be an RCR third car? Is he going to okay.
1: be? Here's the. I can only answer that question if you answer this question. Okay. Is Kurt ba- Is Kurt Busch coming back to drive the number forty five car next year?
0: I would say no. I I think that Tyler Reddick would be in the forty five car next year, and that Richard Childress is bluffing, and he's not really going to spend that much money to start a third team with all that would go into that. And I, I would just think that, um, you know, Kurt would step aside and you know, Tyler would go in there. Or even if Kurt comes back, they would twenty three eleven would be the one that would figure out a way to get him in a third car. Yeah. Um, or whoever in a third car, whether it's Kurt or whatever. But, um, I just, why, why, I just don't see why RCR would want to keep Tyler Reddick and invest in a driver who's about to leave. Um, obviously, but he says that's the plan. So that, that's my answer. What do you think?
1: I think a lot depends on Kurt. If Kurt is in a position, and it has to be resolved sooner rather than later. And if Kurt is okay to drive for next year and miraculously is cleared relatively in short order, that puts, then 2311 doesn't need a driver and they're fine. But let's say Kurt is out. It just makes too much sense. Once cooler heads prevail, emotions kind of soothe over a little bit and the bitterness and the animosity that's built up on the rcr side over this kind of you know subsides i would make sense that everybody gets in a room and just says listen like what are we doing here like you guys it doesn't make sense for you guys to go they're going to lease a charter too by the way it's not that i talked to a lot of people today and they've already had the conversations they're not going to buy a charter they're going to lease a charter if that goes down that road but it just it's still a lot of money you've got to spend. And I think at the end of the day, it makes too much sense for Tyler Reddick not to be in the 45 card next year. And it, it just gives him a safety net with Kurt. And you don't know. And if Kurt does decide that at some point next year he's healthy, I shouldn't even say it's Kurt's. It's not even Kurt's decision. It's doctor's decision first. And then Kurt's decision, he wants to come back. I think, you know, there's enough resources on that side of 2311 and Toyota. They'll make it work somehow, some way.
0: I just, I mean, if if Kurt was so affected, you know, by this Pocono incident and whatever other yeah. things that happened this year that lot led up to hits, the Pocono, yeah. um, you know, I, I could see him saying, "Okay, I want to come back for a race or two, kind of like a Dale Junior thing." Yeah, I mean, we right saw, place, J- but but yeah. why would you come back for a whole season at this point in your life if you've just gone through this? Why would you yeah. want to put yourself at, at risk again? So that that's why I say,
1: no, I agree. I mean, I I, I really have a struggle with, like putting myself like. In someone's spot who's injured or something like that. Sure. And, yeah. No. And I like, that. and I will say, this, I, I feel genuinely bad for Kurt because he was in a spot where he was really thriving. Like, a team was built around him. He was really having impact there. He had won a race. Like, they, it felt like he could, he could really do something in the playoffs. And and there, there was a clear like thing of like, hey, I'm having a really good year this year, and I'm gonna come back next year, and then that's gonna be it. And then that's all. No athlete, and you've covered athletes for a long time, Jeff, across any sport. No athlete wants to have their career taken from them. They want to go out on their own terms. And this is Kurt having that taken away from him. It would be great if he could come back and go out on his own terms, but it, we just don't know. Well, we teased it
0: before, and uh, let's talk about the good race poll. You know, Big Joe Wall 72, we talk about him all the time on this podcast because he was been the one who um, you know tallies our results when we were keeping track of the good race poll, which you were
1: dominating, by the way. That's what um, I do. That's funny, you just called it off.
0: We uh we met him at the tweet up today. Great. Pretty guy. cool. That was awesome. Uh met a lot of great people at the tweet that was up. Fun. Jordan actually showed his face at the tweet up now that he's famous. Signed an <laughs> autograph. How about that? Man
1: of the people, Jeff. Man of the people.
0: i I've, I've I really want to say I think Bob took a picture of you signing the autograph. I have not seen that. Yeah. I, well, he didn't he I haven't seen it, but I, I think I saw him take out uh, his okay. phone and take a picture of you Never signed
1: an autograph before, so.
0: How about that? How uh-huh. about that? I mean, now that you're on, your <laughs> giant face is on everybody's TV screens around the country. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you, you won last week is what I was trying to say. Uh, we, we brought the poll guessing back last week mm-hmm. and the Kansas race and uh, another W for you. So you picked right up where you left off. All I do is win. Um, so and
1: just funny again after a week after winning you again start talking about dropping the poll just coincidence I'm sure.
0: Um, you please uh, go go Pick. first. Yeah, what do you think Bristol's <sighs> going to be? Oh
1: man, this is so tough because of everything. Seventy three percent.
0: What's your reasoning?
1: I don't know. It just feels right. Like I don't want to go too high because I think there probably be some people that are be like, oh the next gen car short track racing. Wasn't good. You know, every cars were breaking it, just, but I don't want to go too low. Cause I do think that there's going to be like, Oh no, that was entertaining. It was fun. And you know, good story. So I just I feel like 73 is like a kind of in the middle number.
0: I think this is one of the hardest ones of the season. hundred percent agree. I mean, this is really tough. Cause yeah. Where do you, how do you, how are people going to view this race? Um, I don't know. I I I just don't. I don't know that people are going to love this one. Um, maybe it's just I don't.
1: So here's a question for you. Anna, yeah, you, you check your social media mentions a lot. Like, did you hear? Did you see a lot of backlash tonight on social media about the race in the car or anything? I, I I from the little I look, I didn't see much. Yeah. You okay. There you go.
0: I mean, well, people. There was a lot of backlash for a lot of different things. People were mad at uh, Toyota for various you know whether it was blaming them for the engines blowing up or they felt like the team orders kind of thing or like, you know the Kyle Busch fans were fired up about that then you had people mad at Ford for you know they they didn't they weren't sure about the, the um, tire issues or you know Logano stuff or whatever sure. and, and Almerola like what's oh, going yeah. on there you know to get Cindric and and then you had uh, yeah the mechanical issue they were mad at Goodyear Um, you know, why aren't these tires holding up? You know, the next gen car is not holding up. Um, stuff like that. I mean, Denny Hamlin during our podcast just now, uh, well, not just now, it was about 30 minutes ago, but, uh, he tweeted, we need next gen 2.0. Just got to figure out who's going to pay for it.
1: See, And that's what I always come back to. Like, it's really easy to figure out solutions, but then you got to figure out who's going to write the check. And the team owners are not really in a position to write checks right now for this stuff. And I don't think NASCAR is going to cover the cost. So how do you co- how do you bridge that impasse?
0: Yeah. So anyway, I didn't get my guess. Uh, I'm I'm just going to say 64
1: um, percent. Pretty low. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, but you, I can make a case for the way, and I think it's. I'll probably be wrong. I'll probably. Be I mean, you're usually wrong yeah. most weeks. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so 73 percent for you, 64 percent for yep. me. Okay. Well, uh, a lot more thoughts. Um, you know, if you guys are into checking out the athletic, um, I know we picked up a bunch of new subscribers from all your Bianchi bomb stories. So make sure to take advantage of your subscription on the athletic and check out our work coming up this week. I, um, definitely have some driver, more driver quotes from all the post-race interviews. I'm going to put those in my weekly top five column that, uh, probably comes out on Monday and maybe it'll come out Sunday. This week, I don't know if I'll have it done, but, um, be coming out Monday morning, if not. And, uh, so check that out much more reaction from this race than we were able to get into on this podcast, but, um, obviously plenty more to come also. I'm going to Texas this week. Then I'll see you again in two weeks at Talladega. Can't wait.
1: So then the Roval will be fun.
0: Roval. Well, you're doing that one by yourself. So I am going to miss yeah. you.
1: No, you won't. will. your top five. Going to talk about why, uh, Bristol should be dirt track permanently.
0: All right. Talk to you guys next week. See you, everybody. Bye.